Good afternoon, I'm Robert Keller, historian of the Scoliosis Research Society. It's the 17th of September, 1987. It's a special privilege today for both myself and the Research Society to have brought together seven of the first nine presidents of this organization to have a discussion about their roles in the Research Society and the development of the Scoliosis Research Society over its current 22 years of existence. Uh, as I noted, seven of the first nine presidents are here today. Uh, Dean McEwen, unfortunately, was not able to be with us, and Paul Harrington, uh, the fourth president of the society, uh, died in 1980. I'd like first to introduce uh, the uh, presidents uh, of the society uh, as they're here today. Uh, on my far left is Dr. Robert Winter from Minneapolis, Minnesota, who was the fifth president of the SRS. Next to him is Dr. Lewis Goldstein from Rochester, New York, the eighth president. Uh, John Hall on my immediate left was the second president, and John is from Boston, Massachusetts, formerly from Toronto. And on the far right is Dr. Kirkland Ashley from San Francisco, California, the ninth president of the SRS. Next to him is Dr. Kenton Leatherman from Louisville, Kentucky, the sixth president. Next to him, Dr. Edward Simmons from Toronto, and now Buffalo, New York, who was the seventh president, and on my immediate right, the first and founding president, Dr. John Moe from Minneapolis. And the first meeting was held uh, in Minneapolis that year, and, and John Moe was elected first president, and uh, the, there were 37 people, I think, yes. who actually responded to the invitations to come to the meeting and uh, as has already been mentioned earlier today we spent practically the whole uh, the first meeting trying to define terms uh, we couldn't even decide what scoliosis was to begin with and then we went from there now, Bob you you had a lot to do with terminology one time or another yes I, I just finished uh, two or three years uh, last year on that committee and uh, worked with it uh, before I think from a historical point of view, uh, the committee now is a sort of quiet thing that nobody gets very excited about. But uh, new members should realize that that was the hottest issue of, <laughs> of the time at the beginning. That was monumentally important, and uh, important because we really needed a common language. And, and people couldn't agree whether major curve and primary curve were the same thing or something different. And, you have to remember there were different factions and groups involved at this point in time that that uh, had been brought together in one room, but it didn't mean they were all buddies at that point in time. I came on the term of that committee the second year, and I remember Al Schmidt, I don't think he ever did get it on, wanted the half curve definition in, and I don't think we ever did really decide <laughs> on that one. <laughs> no. Well, it finally crept in as the fractional curve or something like that. And there had to be some compromises made to get everybody. It is interesting to think that as recently as the 60s, which is a while ago, but I think we would consider that sort of a modern era of medicine, that there was not a good uh, vocabulary of, of, of the field. Yeah. And remember, we, couldn't, we had a hard time agreeing how to measure the curve. Uh, we yes. weren't all in agreement about one measurement system over another. That was a big, big issue. Well, I think I had a lot to do with, uh, with establishing the, uh, the method of measurement because I had, I had worked quite during Cobb's lifetime. I uh, spent a lot of time with John Cobb 
going to New York and working with him off and on. And uh, the Cobb uh, method of measurement was something that uh, struck me as being uh, much more feasible and accurate than the than the uh, Ferguson than the Ferguson method. Fer well, Ferguson was uh, thought of very, very highly by John Cobb and by everyone. His method of uh, of uh, measuring a curve was was not uh, not as easily applied nor as accurately applied as, as the method of John Cobb. When did, did the research society adopt the Cobb measurement early as their official measurement? Because uh, I remember yes. in Boston we were still using Ferguson measurements. Uh, in the, it in was the rather 60s. early done, I think, because people felt a commitment that to have a common language, we had to have a common mm -hmm. measurement system, and that became they, they a high priority issue. Put some teeth into it, as I remember. If you if you wanted to give a paper, your re you report had. had to be in the Cobb the measurement technique, mm -hmm. or the paper would not be accepted by the by the program committee. To really put this in context, uh, in 1948 um, there was a motion from the floor at the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons meeting for uh, a committee to be appointed to attempt uh, an attempt be made to clarify terminology and the method, uh, method of treatment of scoliosis. <laughs> and that just uh, never happened, as a matter of fact. And that committee, on that committee, were Blount, Cobb, Risser, Von Lockham, and William Green as chairman. And they reported to the Academy in 1949. And to quote from their report, our deliberations have emphasized the need not only for clarification, but for more knowledge in this field. Diverse opinions were expressed by members of the committee upon almost all phases of scoliosis. <laughs> yes, so right. there were differences of opinion on which patients should have a fusion, at what age, the area of the spine to be fused. Two points of relative agreement are interesting. Although fusion is the only known method of holding significant correction in a severe curve, it may be worse and more tragic to fuse a patient in the wrong area than not to fuse at all. And the terminology was discussed at length. There was no agreement in committee regarding terminology. Final statement of the report was the committee adjourned from its last meeting without bloodshed and with the members on the surface at least still friends. That's <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. Lou, it was my good fortune to have been present at that meeting because I was somewhat of an understudy with John Cobb and I was searching for all the information I could get, and I thought that was really going to be a bonanza to have all of these chiefs there at one meeting. And I was the most disappointed of anyone at that meeting when it only lasted about 15 minutes when everyone agreed that they disagreed with one another. <laughs> and I left that meeting wondering how are we going to learn about scoliosis if this is the way our chiefs are talking.
The Scoliosis Research Society is a nonprofit professional organization made up of physicians and allied health personnel. Their primary focus is on providing continuing medical education for healthcare professionals and on funding and supporting research in spinal deformities. Please visit srs.org for further information.